0: You know, I grew up with it and we loved it. And so I used to do it for you guys.
1: From Marcel Proust and his mad lines, to Nigel Slater and hot buttered toast, we all have strong memories associated with food. I am Natalie Hassan. welcome to A Recipe for Nostalgia, a show where we talk to chefs, food lovers and eaters about food, memory and childhood. I hope you enjoy the show. Today, we talk to my mother. Now, a few notes before we begin. Firstly, my mum's accent. She's American, but she's lived in the UK for longer than she hasn't for over 30 years. So she's slowly losing her American accent, and she regularly forgets what American words to use and uses the British word in place of them. But I'm sure using your power of deduction, you'll be able to figure out what she's saying. Secondly, the audio quality. We had a few problems with the software on my computer, so I just recorded her on FaceTime on my phone but I'm sure you'll still be able to hear her just fine. And a little background to my mom. She and my dad, who's English, met in Boston and then moved to the UK right after they got married. So British food in the 80s was very much a different beast to what it is now. And it took some getting used to for her.
0: When dad and I started going out, it was just before, no, it was after we got married. And it was just before we moved to England. And we had some English friends that lived in Boston, and they invited us over for a curry. And it was it must have been like an American-style curry. I don't even remember what it was, but I remember thinking, this is awful. I hated it. And they had made, it was kind of strange, because they had made all these condiments to go on it. So they had raisins and sliced bananas and almonds and coconut, and you, like, sprinkled it on the top. It wasn't like what we have now, but anyway, it was really strange. And I remember thinking, couldn't stand it. And so when we came to England, you know, Dad loved curry, and he said, "I'll cook you a curry." You know, it's not it's, there's better curry because I said, "Oh, I don't like it at all." Anyway, he cooked me a prawn curry, which I remember thinking was rather average.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah.
0: But anyway, we lived. You know, that's when we lived in Blackheath or in Lewisham. And in Blackheath, there was the, I think it was called the Moti Mahal or something like that. And it was a curry house with flocked wallpaper and the sort of um, funny electric uh, uh, lit up paintings that were like a waterfall and it had something that revolved behind that made it look like the water was falling. Anyway, we, um, he said, well, let's go there for, you know, dinner one night. And we went and I guess I went under duress. I didn't think I really probably didn't want to go. But I remember thinking, oh, this is okay. And so we kept going back. And every time I'd try something different. Anyway, then I totally got the curry bug. And we used to eat there probably two or three times a week. Really? We had, we had no money. Um but we ended up, you know, eating out because just, I just loved curry. And, of course, I grew up eating Chinese and Italian. But I'd never really eaten Thai. Obviously, never any of the Persian, you know, Middle Eastern mm-hmm. stuff. And paramosalata and all of that. So, you know, I think my taste buds changed. And I had a better attitude towards trying new things and, and uh, different spices. And, of course, now... I mean, you open my spice cupboard, and I've got all sorts of things. I've got za'atar, and... um,
1: You're a pretty adventurous cook, huh?
0: I like trying lots of different things. I like different cuisines, and I'm fascinated by, you know, how food is tied up with culture. And when I go places, you know, I want to try the local... I'm not adventurous in terms of eating, like, awful or... (laughs) or anything like that but you know if there's a specialty i'd like to try it
1: you like chick- yes, I lo- you like chicken liver patty i uh,
0: love love foie gras
1: yeah you see that, that's awful
0: yes that's true
1: but no liver i mean no no, 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 no kidneys, kidneys
0: no brains no tongue
1: i don't think we you gave us particularly adventurous food when we were kids
0: Not when you were little.
1: What did we eat when we were little?
0: You used to have chicken nuggets and chips all the time. (laughs) All the time. Hot dogs, beans on toast, uh, fish fingers. Remember those?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: There's probably once a a week. Um, And then remember the fish in butter sauce?
1: Oh, yeah. God, there's so much that I would never eat now.
0: I know. Boil in the bag.
1: Um, what was that that was like a piece of cod
0: yes and like a butter and chive sauce i mean and you, i like cod butter sauce but not that and you put
1: it you put the whole plastic bag in
0: in the water and yeah. yeah oh
1: god i would yeah. never eat that now <laughs> and then
0: um spaghetti of course pasta anything like that and then we do roast chicken or um Oh golly, I can't remember pizza. You'd have pizza a lot, so you know I wasn't very adventurous with you, primarily because you would need it. Yeah, you know. But as you got older, then you know, when I was cooking like for the family, and you were a bit more, you know, you had a better palate. We started trying all things, and then, of course, the other thing was you all started to learn
1: to cook. Yeah, so and I think
0: when you cook, you start to appreciate, you know flavors and tastes and, you know, like when you, when you cook something really well or really badly, like you burn it or you overcook it, you know, like mushy vegetables, Mm -hmm. you know, I ate overcooked vegetables. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think you, you learn your, your taste buds sort of as you experiment, you learn to try and and appreciate new
1: things. So do you think Geez, I don't know, because it's funny because we all cook now. Apart from Timmy, I guess. So, a little side note here. I am um, one of four siblings. Um, I'm the third. And my little brother, Tim, is very, very much the safe eater, picky eater. Does not like to try new things in the family. No, but he's always been the least adventurous out of all of us. Remember that time he made... Um, He made dinner. He wanted to make dinner and he made spaghetti. (laughs) Spaghetti (laughs) spaghetti pushed through hot dogs.
0: I know. Awful. Awful.
1: He still likes hot dogs as well.
0: He does. Hasn't had for a long
1: time. I hate I won't eat them now. I don't like that. (laughs) But
0: at least he's trying, you know?
1: I guess. But like... I don't know. There's so much that he he will say no to.
0: I think as he gets older, he'll he'll try new things.
1: As a kid, was he like always the fussiest? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You guys were pretty good. You you would try most things. You had your favorites, and you know I didn't really I never forced you to eat anything other than if I made something. But don't you remember the whole bean thing?
1: Oh yeah. I- tell tell that story.
0: So, um, you know, only occasionally. I was always very keen that if you, if I cooked something, I wanted you to try it because I'd gone to the trouble to cook it. And I always felt that, you know, that was sort of a, a bit of respect to the fact that I'd cooked for you. And also I wanted you to have a balanced diet. Anyway, he hates, still doesn't really like vegetables, but I can remember cooking green beans, you know, um, fine beans for you for dinner one night, and I don't know, you know, occasionally you, as a parent you have to decide to stand up to, you know, the a principal, you know, and it, you sort of get a bee in your bonnet, as it were, about that you were going to make an issue of something. He um, basically refused to eat them, and I said, look, put some ketchup on them. That didn't work. Then he drank a lot of milk. Do you remember he mm-hmm. used to drink a lot of milk? That, look, take a bite and then just swallow it down with milk, you know. And I'm like, you are going to eat this bean, these beans. And I think by this stage, there were only like four left, you know, four that, that, I, that um, I said, well, you only have to eat four. Anyway, um, it was getting later and later. You all had finished. And, of course, it was always a rat race at, at sort of 6 o'clock trying to get you homework done, practicing done, bath, reading, ready for bed, you know, all of that. Anyway, it was getting later and later, and I finally said, look, you have until whatever time, you know, I'm giving you 10 minutes to eat the beans, and if you don't eat them, then you're going to have them for breakfast. So, of course, he doesn't eat the beans, and I said, fine, you're going to have them for breakfast. And, you know, my mother had done the same thing to me when I was a child, so, um, you know, I sort of felt like there was a bit of precedent there, so I, I understood, but I thought, I am making... A point of this so I put them in a plastic bag and stuck them in the fridge next morning he comes downstairs and you know he used to have cereal or toast or whatever and I said you're having these beans and he's like no I don't want the beans anyway he basically refused to eat them and I said well look I cannot do anything about what you're going to have for lunch because that's provided through school but you are not having any dinner until you eat these beans. Well, these beans started to look like <laughs> grit <gray laughs> and wrinkled. They'd been heated up so many times. They'd have ketchup on them, you know. <laughs> it was so awful. Anyway, he was uh, at the age where he would come home from school, and he was ravenous, you know. And I'd pick him up like 3.30, and, you know, he would always want a snack. And often I would come to school, crisps or a biscuit or something, you know, for him to eat in the car on the way home. Anyway, he came running out of school, all excited, and he looked up at me and he went, snack and I went, Bean and he went, "Ah!" (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I said, You're not having anything until you eat this bean. Anyway, he ate, I think, one bean and I was like, Okay, that's good enough, that's fine.
1: Wow. (laughs) I wonder if he's gonna do that to his kids.
0: Probably. Sins of the parents. <laughs> exactly.
1: Pass it down. Yeah. So let's talk about frozen fruit cocktail. <laughs> okay. That's something that I loved as a kid, but now I think about it and I'm like, I I can't believe you gave that to us. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Well, Who came up with it? Us. Okay, so explain what it uh- is.
0: You take a can of fruit cocktail and you can get a, a a can or a tin with either syrup or with fruit juice and I always buy the fruit juice because it's you know healthier for you but I don't think it really matters which one you use we probably had growing up syrup but anyway you basically just throw the tin in the freezer and let it freeze solid And then you take a can opener and you cut open both ends. And so you have basically a cylinder of frozen fruit cocktail. And then you run hot water over the tin so that it starts to slide. And then you push through and you cut off, I don't know, two inches or so, inch and a half, two inches. And you just slice it off and then you wrap a piece of paper towel Round it so you can hold on to it and then you eat it and it's like a frozen lolly, but not on a stick and not rectangular or oval or whatever. It's, It's like a a disc of frozen fruit.
1: During this interview yielded some interesting results about foods that I don't even remember eating as a kid.
0: Well, I used to give you this is terrible. I used to give you smash. Do you remember that? You did? I did. Oh my god, I don't
1: remember that yeah was that like instant mashed potatoes
0: yes in fact I was in the grocery store and I saw a, a you know instant mashed potato and I thought oh my god it's awful it tastes awful um, but it was so easy because you know you just boil water and pour it on oh I mean god. I was always you think about you, you were four kids you were under you know six years old when I had all of you I had a baby for you know solidly for four or five years you know, and so ease and and uh, speed was of the essence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I did cut corners.
1: Gosh, I didn't remember but, that.
0: Yeah, yeah, you had that. I'm trying to think, what else I used to give you? Um, toasted cheese sandwiches. You yeah. liked those
1: grilled cheeses. Just,
0: yeah.
1: That's funny how we called them toasted cheese sandwiches.
0: Yeah.
1: What kind of cheese? You always oh. American. Yeah. Always American. With yeah. some mayo.
0: Yep. And then butter on the outside. Yeah. Flora. Yeah. Never let you watch TV. Do you remember that? Mm hmm.
1: We that. always had to drink milk.
0: Always had milk, that's right.
1: Yeah. Was it whole milk? Uh,
0: it was when you were little. Because do you remember we used to get milk delivery in bottles? hmm. And it had the red cap on it? Mm hmm. Yeah. And then. We started drinking semi-skimmed and went to completely semi-skimmed. And, of course, I drink skimmed now. But,
1: uh, yeah, is, that was all it felt. Semi-skimmed is 2% and skimmed is 1%. You've forgotten all Enough. the American words. I know. You've been out of America for so long. Oh yeah, Yeah. So, what, what, so when we were kids and we, we visited America... There were certain foods we always, always wanted that you couldn't get in the UK. Do you remember what they were? Um Kraft well, mac and cheese.
0: Kraft mac and cheese, yeah. Fruit roll-ups. Fruit roll ups. So I got years of fruit roll-ups, and I used to buy them by the box and bring them back. Um.
1: But uh, hamburger helper. Hamburger helper, yeah, <laughs> gosh. I love hamburger cheese helper. <laughs> cheeseburger macaroni that was always that was always the the meal you would make when you didn't have time or yeah I remember I love it though honestly I'll still eat it now
0: yeah yeah it's good it is good
1: remember that time that we went we were in Tulsa for Halloween and we went to the zoo and they had all the Coke zeros (laughs) (laughs) Tell the story about Christopher.
0: <laughs> well, basically they were doing a promotion, I think. And so they had supplied the zoo with, you know, millions of little cans of Coke Zero. And of course you guys <laughs> if it was anything free
1: <laughs> because, and also you never let us drink you never let us drink soda.
0: So no, I, I, I Never bought Coke or any of that. So, of course, Halloween is—you know—you all rules are suspended, um, and I mean, he just—if it was free, he would take it. And he ended up with—I don't know how many, but you know—he just like,
1: arms piled high. No, do you remember he put them? He stacked them down the sleeves of his sweatshirt and down the legs of his pants as well. <laughs> It's not even good. Coke there tastes horrible.
0: I but it was free. Yeah, <laughs> I can remember coming back from that um, that evening's Halloween. Halloween,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, and you all sat on the floor in Mimi's house and emptied your bags. I mean, you had a huge, <laughs> huge haul of candy, and you would. Um, you all, I think if I remember, sort of organized it, you know, put all your sweets in the same pile if they were similar, and you know, all your chocolate bars together, and all your jelly beans together, and whatever else you got, and then you started the bartering process. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: (laughs) I'll give you that if you give me yours, you know.
1: (laughs) My mum has been out of the UK for so long, but we do come back to the States regularly when they come to visit me or on vacation. And there are some things that she now cannot live without from the UK. What do you make sure you bring over when you come? Um,
0: I, bribe, I bring PG, because I like PG. I don't care for American tea now. Like um, Lipton's I don't think is very good.
1: You're a true Brit. I guess. <laughs> And that's it for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us. Join us again next week for another episode of A Recipe for Nostalgia. If you like this episode and want to hear more, visit our website at recipefornostalgia.squarespace.com or find us on iTunes. This episode was brought to you by Landing Lion. Landing Lion is a website builder where you can create web pages with amazing precision. Whether you're a food blogger or you just like taking pictures of food, Landing Lion allows you to design a web page that fits your tastes best. It is easy to use and customizable to exactly what you want, or you can base your design off of one of their many pre designed templates. It can be integrated with Facebook, Google Analytics, and MailChimp, and so many more, so it will fit right in with whatever existing platforms you're using. Visit landinglion.com to get started today.